Welcome to HIT Podcast, H-I-T, Human Resources, Insurance, and Technology. I'm your host, Toby Kennedy. As we do every week, we are dropping into your feed, and I am looking to curate all the things moving around in the space, come to you with a bite-sized, digestible weekly hit. With that being said, this week's hit is brought to you by Montage Insurance Solutions, and let's jump right into it. For this week's weekly hit, I'm going to talk about HRIS platforms. I was fortunate enough to give a talk at the CAHR, the big uh, California Human Resources Conference. A couple thousand people. Shout out to uh, Raphael and all the folks over at Pyro that do an amazing job bringing together that conference. And the reason that I chose the topic I chose was because when they gave me an opportunity to speak and they said, hey, man, we want you on the main stage. We want you to talk. I thought I've never really liked the access to information that my clients have in the HRIS space, right? You can sort of ask a colleague that's maybe familiar with a system or two or three. You can ask the sales guys, but, you know, goodness knows what information you're going to get back and how straightforward it's going to be. So I titled my talk, finally, A Neutral Expert's Guide to the HRIS World. And I had thousands of hours of interviews with people on the tech side, the sales side, all across the spectrum in the space to kind of put together a consolidated chat for any human resources individuals that are looking at their HRIS systems. Now, pretty much any system worth of salt is going to get you 90% of the way there. But there are some differences. And what's interesting is it's even difficult sometimes to get consensus on what are we even talking about? with HRIS, right? So I had this like kind of, hey, raise your hand if we're talking about payroll, right? Everyone's hands up in the air. Uh, uh, Time and attendance, a couple of hands. Uh, Benefits administration, a couple more hands come down. Applicant tracking, right? I mean, long story short, we're trying to stand on the shoulders of technology and say all these things that we need done, all these workflows, all these things that used to live on paper and filing cabinets back in the day, let's get it online and let's get it as efficient as possible. So back in the day, you had your on-premise stuff, right? Think PeopleSoft. And nowadays, you've got, you know, cloud-based systems like Oracle, Workday, or SaaS stuff, right? Paylocity, Paycom. There's sort of different ways that this stuff is done. And back in the day with your on-premise stuff, if there was an update or three or 10, uh, if the on-site guy didn't give that update, it didn't happen. And your system just sort of fell behind. You know, nowadays when they roll out an update, it it gets pushed out. If it's cloud-based, you've got some work to do. You're likely hiring someone to build out the open enrollment or change class codes or something like that, which is relevant for you to remember from a budget standpoint, right? The technology is one thing, okay? So you, you buy Workday, great, here you go, here's the system. But someone needs to architect it. Someone needs to build it along the way. And the trend in that space has become B pass, right? Business partners as a solution. And that's just basically you leaning on a vendor to do what they do so that you don't have to do what you don't do, right? Building an HRIS system. And obviously, quick plug uh, for us here at Montage, we, we have that team, we have that department, right? But wherever you turn for a trusted advisor or a consultant, it's important for you to know that as you're selecting a system, the technology might be one part of the budget and the ongoing cost might be another part of the budget. And that's just something to drill down on when and if you're looking to change. But before you even look to change systems, the best piece of advice I was able to give, get, and really kind of preach is 
let's double check. We really need to change. Is it truly broken? Or is there something within our processes that we might be able to change, right? Is the reason that our current system isn't working for us something that maybe we can change? Because every time you change systems, it's a big deal. It's a lot of work. It's expensive. And frankly, you probably lose some data along the way. So every iteration of changing systems typically means we've lost some data. So maybe step one, triage one, is let's just set up a regular cadence with the vendor. Let's see if maybe meeting with the existing vendor might be something that helps solve some of our problems. But the other thing to be aware of is integrations and breaking things apart, right? Now, some systems want to be all in one. The paycoms of the world, for example, they don't really play nice in the sandbox with other folks. Maybe if we've got a system that can be sort of siloed out, we want to understand, is that necessary? Is our future HR teams that may be coming after we leave or we're abducted by aliens going to really rue us for our Franken system? Is that an us preference or is it something that we really did need? We really needed this specific applicant tracking system because some of the vendors, by the way, that claim to be all in one, they're not. And you can see this in the demo. Is it bouncing to clear channels? Is it bouncing to Rafiki, right? As they're going through the demo, you can kind of look and see the browser that maybe the system had acquired various other entities along the way. And it's stitched together in ways that might not be much different than you just going with your preferred other system along the way and kind of building an integration, building some bridges, right? So Having a dialogue about, okay, what's our existing system? What are the various modules we're using within our system? Do we need to change some of our processes? What are we breaking apart? How well is it bridged? And does our system bridge well with others? We do get to the point where we're like, hey, look, it's definitely broken. We definitely want to change. Then it's important to build a nice RFP, build a really thoughtful RFP. But remember, when you do this, you're going to have to read these responses, right? So I know some uh, folks that I chatted with said they get 100-page RFPs. And it's like, guys, you don't want to have to read that. It's not going to be that different from vendor to vendor. But let's really drill down on our wish list. What are some of the things that are super important? Do we have some unchangeable oddities about our business? And we need to make very, very sure that the vendor can handle that. Then you bring in the right people along the way. Throughout the sales process, you want to bring in various members of your team, but at the correct juncture, right? At the juncture that's relevant for them to be sitting in here. Payroll or whatever, maybe they don't necessarily need to be on the front end. Maybe you can narrow it to a few vendors that do some of the stuff you really, really need. Then you can sort of fold one of those folks in. And when you are in the sales process, I hate to say this, but it's tough to trust the sales guy implicitly, right? You want to make sure... If we can see things that you're just saying yes to, can you demo it for me? Can I see that? Can we look at the reports? Can we get someone from the tech team in here as well to kind of talk some of the real nuts and bolts of the various systems and our needs so that we're making sure those mesh up really well? And as you do whittle it down in your sales process, maybe let's consider, okay, I'm torn between a couple of different systems. Let's look at some good tiebreakers, like for example, reporting. How good is the reporting? Ask them to run some of it. See if you can actually literally see it or maybe even automating, right? So in this process of building out this talk, I interviewed even a lot of my clients. One of them said she came from an organization that had thousands and thousands of people down to one that just had a couple hundred. 
And she was really amazed at how some of the processes in this new organization, the one that only had a few hundred employees, weren't as automated. When she had a few thousand employees, they didn't really have a choice. It was just too many people. You had to streamline some of this stuff, right? So set up weekly, daily reports to automatically run, automatically generate, see how much of these Excel sheets and things that you're working, can we create macros for? How much of this can we truly stop the manual work on, right? This is all in the name of leveraging the technology. That's why we're looking in the first place at systems to see what can we integrate? Where can we stop duplicate entry? Where can we look downstream and make our job more efficient and candidly, a little less human being touches along the way. After we've selected the system, the next big bad that we get into is implementation. And sometimes implementation, I'm now convinced that they make it such a nightmare to, to make themselves stickier, right? You think, oh my gosh, I don't love my system, but I don't want to change because I just don't want to go through another implementation, right? But there are some things that you can do to make it a little bit easier on yourself. First and foremost, in the sales process, ask about the implementation team. Ask about their tenure. What team am I going to get? You know, I don't want some newbie learning their system on my time and on my dime, right? Who's your implementation team? What's their tenure? And how do I get myself associated with a really, really good one? And then even on your side, you don't want to be the newbie either. Get some people in the room to have your back and that can understand not only the system, but also your process and your company. Right, So that when the implementation team says to you, hey, you want to do it like this, you've got a voice in the room that says, no, no, actually, we want to do it like that. And for such and such reason, right? here's why. So you can have some thoughtful conversations surrounding maybe the system gets to a fork in the road and the choice would have just been made willy-nilly, but actually one of them is a lot better for you guys. So getting that voice in your room, if at all possible, again, plug for montage, we're in the room with you guys, but get your trusted advisor get a colleague, get a consultant even that you can sort of coach up on what you want and your business and the system. And it might make implementation a lot easier. One other thing to be aware of with implementation is timelines. So I had another client that was going through an implementation and they just didn't have the time to get to this one specific module. They bought it all, they paid for it all, et cetera. They didn't have that time. And by the time they got around to it, the vendor basically told them, look, implementation was this window back then this didn't get included. You have to buy a whole new implementation package. And by the way, we actually outsource all that to some company in Canada. And you're like, what? I wish I would have known that on the front end. So these are some of those pitfalls and things that trip folks up just to be aware of. The last thing in the HRIS space that I kind of like is some of the fun stuff, right? So maybe we can leverage provisions. Is there a drop-down tab to figure out on the onboarding side with our employees who needs key card access, who needs various um, uh, pieces of equipment and some of the stuff that you might be able to add to the system from an onboarding standpoint and streamline some of those pieces. And furthermore, the communities that they can have, right? So you can build, you know, ABC companies, uh, uh, marathon team or, or dog owners of XYZ company, right? And kind of have a little bit of community and a little bit of activity taking place inside of the ecosystem you build with your HRIS system. So there's a lot to consider. There's a lot of kind of tips and tricks. There's a lot of little differentiators along the way. And I hope that we got together. We talked a little bit of some of what I found to be some of the key nuggets along the way. I get asked this all the time after having given my talk. 
uh, when we've got clients or we've got people we know that are sort of getting to the precipice of evaluating a new HRIS platform. I'm grateful to share the wisdom. That's all the time we have for this week. Until next week, make this the best week yet. Join us every Tuesday here on the HIT Podcast.